Hey everyone, it's Victoria here hopping on before the episode gets started. I wanted to quickly give a disclaimer and a trigger warning to my listeners. Um, In this week's episode, we do discuss some triggering and sensitive topics, words such as body dysmorphia, body shaming, body image issues, fat, skinny, diet culture, calories, weight, the scale. These are all things that we might be discussing today and I just wanted to put it out there and warn you all before you get listening to this week's episode. So thank you all very much for your continued support and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to your weekly fix podcast with your host, me, Victoria Fix. On your Weekly Fix podcast, we talk all the issues, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But most importantly, we talk about issues that impact you, your family, your friends, and your communities. So you can listen, encourage conversation, and eventually get out there and better advocate for yourselves and each other. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to your Weekly Fix. This is Victoria Fix, your host, as usual. But today we have a very special guest, my first ever guest. We have Mo, the founder and owner of Get Mo Fit LLC. She is a fitness and nutrition coach, and she actually changed my life. I'm one of her clients, former clients, and now I consider her one of my great friends. And I'm just so happy to be on her on here with her today. We're going to talk a lot about her business, her experiences, but specifically diet culture, body image, and culture around dieting and eating and how to have a better approach to food and a more sustainable and tangible way to enjoy food and stop dieting, but also be happy, lose fat, be the best version of yourself. So, hey, Mo, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. That was a great introduction. Thank you. That was like, I was mostly nervous about that. So, <laughs> I thought it was a success. I'm so happy you are here. You are the inaugural first ever guest of uh, your weekly fix. So, I wouldn't want it any other way. <laughs> so honored. Thank you. Um, let's, uh, I also just want to say, first off, we are obviously doing this remote. Um, Mo is actually based in California, but she's moving just in a couple of weeks. So I'm so appreciative of her time, but please bear with us with any audio uh, issues. We both have strong Wi-Fi, but we'll see what happens. (laughs) All right. So without further ado, why don't you first just give us a little introduction about yourself and the background of your business and whatever you want to share about yourself? Sure. Um, Well, my name is Mo. I I started this, I feel, it's so funny to me when people ask me about my business and I'm doing that, I say that in like air quotes because I never intended for it to be a business. I kind of just did it for fun. Um, Quick, quick backstory. I went to college for broadcasting and communications. I worked in television for a few years and the way it works in TV is that you only work between three and six months depending on how long the contract is for the TV show that you're working for. So um, I was actually looking for a job in between, um, in between seasons, because sometimes they don't get picked back up. And I really, I've always wanted to be a personal trainer. I've said it since I was probably like 14 or 15 years old. Um, I used to be super obsessed in an unhealthy way, which I'm sure we'll get to, <laughs> um, with health and nutrition. And by nutrition, I mean, I was obsessed with calories. So again, getting kind of off track, but I'll get back to that. Um, <laughs> So as far as the business goes, um, I became a personal trainer. I moved out of state to live with my husband, then boyfriend, um, and all of my friends back home in New York were like, of course, now you're moving and now you're a personal trainer. I wish you could train me. Is there any way we can do this like online? This was in like 2014. Um, In my mind, kind of before like online fitness coaching was even a thing, I didn't really understand how it could be possible um, after being an in-person personal trainer at a gym. um, my husband was like, well, maybe you can send them programs online, like through email. And I'm like, okay, that could be fun. And it kind of grew very quickly, like word of mouth spread. And I actually really enjoyed it more than going in-person training. Um, partly due to my clientele. When I worked in a personal training at a gym environment, I was working with mainly people over the age, like 50, 60 with much slower movement. It wasn't super exciting for me. Um, I love all the people to death, but it was just not fulfilling enough. And then I'd come home and do this online where it's like my side gig. And I had so much fun for some reason. 
I think it was because I wasn't waking up at five in the morning to hit, um, to go <laughs> train people also right. in at the time. So that was tough. Um, but it kind of, I hate using the term spiraled or snowballed because I feel like I've worked my butt off to get here. Um, yeah. the past four or five years and it's kind of, I have had coaches along the way. Um, I've worked with other business professionals because it's not, I definitely couldn't have learned any of this thing, these things on my own. And I kind of learned that through my personal training and my personal health and fitness journey itself. And that you, you really, if you feel stuck, if you feel like you need help, you do. And it's not worth trying to figure out on your own because it's going to take so much longer. So I feel like that was kind of on a tangent, but no, 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 no. That was perfect. I never know how to answer that question because it's like, I never, I just did it. I started it to help my friends. Right. And then they saw great results and word of mouth. And it's just been, it's very fulfilling to help women through something that I struggled with for so long and never really had the means to, um, to, I, I guess, improve or never wanted to spend the money on it. And I just spun my wheels for years. So I think being on, not only on the other end of it, but being just having the opportunity and women trusting in me with their health and fitness, which I don't take lightly is just, it's just fulfilling. I love, I love doing it. Yeah. That's so great. I feel like when I sought you out, like I've told you this, I think I've talked about it before, maybe on here too. Like I was just in such a dark time and I felt like, Oh, I'm like, I am, I'm spending so much money on these like unreliable sources, these, these like quick click type of diets that like get me on (laughs) that like I get online and like stupid gym stupid fad workouts and I was just like my body I don't even feel like my body is like mine anymore and I was so consumed by that so then when I saw you out the biggest thing was trust I was like I've like she obviously knows what she's doing I just have to trust her and seek help and I think that's like the biggest thing that comes from your business is that like women are seeking true professional help. And a lot of times in our culture, like we don't think that professional help is necessary or you think you're weak or you think you you don't need it. And it's so much more than like fat loss or fitness. It's like a whole life change, which we'll get to that in a moment, of course. So why don't you just quickly explain a little bit too, like what different services that you offer. I know like for me, I started with you with the fat slash method. I know you're really proud of that. It is so unique, that program, but like, tell us a little bit about that program and other programs that you have. Sure. Um, I feel like the fat slash method, and for those that don't know, it's my signature group coaching program. Um, it has a lot of different elements between actual group coaching and also individualized programming. Um, that's something I super, super pride myself on is myself and my business is that it's all individualized. Um, it's, I don't believe in one size fits all training. Cause as you just mentioned with like the diets and the programs I done every and any and all of them right. in the past. Um, and they only work for a short period of time. And if you give 10 women, the same exact program, there's probably going to be one that falls off the first couple of days. There's probably going to be one that sees it through to the end. And the other eight women are probably going to get it a couple weeks in and then something's going to happen. Like they're going to get a new job. They're going to move. They're going to find out they're pregnant. They're going to be bored of the program. Like it's just, you can't, you can't live your life with a set plan because <laughs> 2020 is probably the best example I can think of like that. Can, I mean, any, and not that you shouldn't plan. I'm totally like that type A person that likes to plan and organize, but you can't always plan for things like that. And it's like, God forbid you get sick or injured or something bad happens to a family member, something like that, where it's going to take you off course. And it's something that I never understood. It's like, why would I spend hundreds or thousands on training when I can spend 10, $20 or even free online? And then I did that for 10 plus years. And I felt like I had exhausted all options. And every time anyone said to me, Hey, can you, um, I feel like I'm totally getting off track with the program. No, it's, okay. <laughs> it's like the method that came. I mean, that's why I literally call it the fastest method. It's like everything that I've learned in my life through my own experiences. And then I put it into that with my professional experiences because they intertwine so much because one thing I, I also want to make sure that I come across as on social media is I, I feel like the term come across as doesn't sound good, but, um, cause it's, it's just like how, who I am, how I am is that. I want to be relatable to my audience um, because I wasn't 
I have a more athletic stocky body. I was not, I've never been skinny. I've seen so many female fitness coaches that are naturally thin, naturally skinny and nothing against them, but they don't have any sort of knowledge around health and fitness. They just see it as, oh, well, if she can do that and I'm skinnier than her, I'm going to go out and do this. I've literally had conversations with women about this. Um, people in the past that I've actually considered friends um, now no longer because we didn't see eye to eye with certain things, which is fine. But I just, it, it's things that, like that in the health and fitness industry that I don't agree with. And um, the reason I put together the Fat Slash Method is because I wanted to create a community of women that um, I know have the same morals and values and struggles and everything that even though everyone's situation is different, they can all agree on something or have been through a similar situation as both me and all the other women in the group. So um, I think I worked on that. I think it was like a eight or nine month project before actually releasing it for the first time um, winter ish spring of 2019. And I, even though I love my one-on-one private girls and you were also one of those two after I feel like, like the fat such methods, like my heart and soul because it's, it's, all the aspects of one-on-one, but then you also get the group call together and the group platform um, through Slack to be able to communicate with each other regarding stuff that we're learning um, and talking about and going through. And it's a lot more to have, a lot more meaningful to have other people that are going through it at the same time you are than me that might be more removed from it. Yes, I've been through all the same struggles, if not most of the same struggles as you guys have. Um, But I also am in a place now where a lot of those things if they even do affect me, it's like 5% of my life versus every single day, all day on my mind, creating anxiety, making me depressed, making me stressed out, trying to reach a size two or size zero. Like I always wanted to be because that's what Britney Spears was and Christina Aguilera. And like, that's who I grew up with. Anyway, (laughs) Um, It's different now. It's a little bit different now, but it's also, I don't think it's necessarily easier or harder because social media, which we can yeah, we're Get into later, but yeah, so I have the fat slash method and back to your original question, um, the fat slash method, which is my group coaching program. I have my one-on-one private clients. I have the fat slash game plan, which is a 90 minute intensive call with me. Um, alongside you get a few different things. Um, after the fact, you'll also get like a program, which is still customized. It's just a PDF plan versus like the videos and whatnot. Um, I have a lot something most people don't know is I actually have quite a bit of programming and I do a lot of custom things. Um, I usually only promote a couple of things because if I was out here promoting 35 programs, that's excessive and obnoxious. (laughs) And also with me, um, I shouldn't say I have 35. I have probably like six or seven packages, but I also don't like to do just like a tiny, tiny little package because a lot of women, they might need eight to 12 weeks minimum to see results. Exactly. Um, when I started working with a trainer, it took me, I think it was two months and like a week or two to actually see results. Right. And this is after me telling him day after day after day, it's not working. It's not working. It's not working because I was on the scale four times a day, which is not healthy. Do not do that. <laughs> Don't recommend. Um, but it's, I have the program set up for a reason. Um, just because again, it's not, I mean, there, there are so many things that go hand in hand with these things. It's not many, many, many women come to me and say, I have a fitness plan I'm doing. It's beach body or it's, it's P90X or insanity, like all things that I've done. And I just want help with nutrition. And my first thing is like, I'm willing to do that for you, but I want you to know my perspective on that and why that may not help you fully. Right. And it's because whatever, jumping around you're doing on the other side isn't going to elicit the results and it's going to come back and you're going to be like hey this isn't working and it's going to come back on to me right and I want everyone to know up front it's like you you need to have your stress under control you need to have every element of your lifestyle maybe you not feel like you're under control because that'd be hypocritical of me to feel like my, my life is never under complete control but you have to make an active effort to do so. You have to be consistent with your fitness plan. You have to eat well. It's, and it sounds stressful and overwhelming when you don't understand the tools and how to go about it because of what we've seen with fad diets. Right. And I'm sure if you're listening to this and you see <laughs> Victoria's title of um, diet culture and fat loss and everything, it's, 
you've probably been through the fad diets too. Right. And I don't know, I don't know many people that haven't to be totally honest. Um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think a couple things. One is, yeah, it's like, it's crazy because I started with the fat slash method and I like, I was like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm going to like the community, like I'm embarrassed, Mm -hmm. whatever. And then I moved on to your one-on-one programming, which I obviously loved and like would do it all over again. But the, the fat slash method, like the group training was, or group program was just like, so like any other. And I'm not like the type of person to like, want to talk about like everything with people. And it just like, I don't know, the experience was so unique and so individualized. And I think what's so cool. And I also wanted to just say that with the program that I did both with you one-on-one and the group, the group program is that when you said that you've been through all of that, I think that is what's, or you've been through a lot of similar things that other women have gone through with, with fat loss and, and over obsessive about, you know, their body and whatever. I think what made you so unique in that too in addition to like all the programming that you do and first of all I thought you were the real deal after we had our first call and you like (laughs) told me like all these steps we were gonna go through and how you were gonna set me up for success and I was like okay well this is worth it like this isn't some like 24-hour joke like that And 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 I would understand your hesitation for that too right right that's what I always was always stuck with. Yeah. Gone through that that same SHIT with business coaches. Yeah. There you have to really filter through and pay attention to their credentials. Not even that, pay attention to their results and their clients yeah. and, and reach out to their clients. And that's why I tag everyone, um, unless it's like um progress pictures and they don't want like their face or whatever, which is fine. But um I tag all my clients. Yeah. I, I, I reach out because so many people will fluff their results and they'll just like pull someone else's pictures or they'll just like put up a quote that like a client said with no name attached to it or anything it's like you can't you you have to really be with online coaching it's such a yeah you just you have to be careful yeah and sometimes I feel like I can't relate to some even some of my friends that are like really into fitness they were naturally just genetic wise like skinnier and I love them and they're great and they work very hard, but it's really hard to talk to people like that, that are starting at such a different point than you. So I think Mm -hmm. when I was going through your program and even today, I think like if I'm having a a moment where I'm just like, I'm not, I, I effed up or whatever I think it is, I'm always like, there's no reason to be embarrassed. Like Mo was here at this point too. Like she knows exactly what I'm going through and I can get to a better place as she did too. So I think that's like the best part of your program is like the relatability. And yeah, I, I reached out to two of the clients before I started. I was like, Hey, like, do you mind me asking? Is this legit? And they were like, go talk to her right now. Like it is so legit. It's amazing. Whatever. So yeah, I think that is like such a unique part of your program. And and just like so cool. But um, moving on, we are talking a little bit like we're bringing like terms like diet culture in to the conversation. So I kind of just wanted to hear like so many of us women, especially in this age group, but I even like older women as well and younger women are always have some, not always, but a lot of them have some story or some past in their life that has had significant trauma or in regards to food and dieting and their image. What is something that you remember, or not just one thing, but what do you remember about growing up and your experience around dieting? You were an athlete. I went to the same high school as you, and I remember you and your brothers just being, I would never think for a million years that you would have had any struggles. Like you were super fit. Like your whole family is super fit in my eyes. That's what I always thought. So what did you, like, what was your experience like growing up and like, around food and dieting and everything and being an athlete. Well, it's, it's funny that you say that too, because even my friends didn't know that. Right. Kind of came, almost in a way, like came out on social media and started talking more about my past struggles. Yeah. My friends were like, did that really happen? I'm like, yes, why would I make that up? And then of course there's the, oh, well, social media people like to say things that aren't true. And I'm like, no, I get that. But I mean, I, I've never, if I were to make something up, I probably wouldn't talk about it twice or all the time or with my clients because I, I, I just, again, I pride myself on being relatable, which is kind of the silver lining to all of the struggles I went through my entire life. Um, to go back to what you asked the first, the first ever anything I experienced with 
my weight was in fifth grade. So I was probably eight years old, maybe nine. Um, I went to the doctor for my like summer physical before starting whatever sport I was doing. And um, the doctor said to my mom, uh, well, she's hitting a hundred pounds a little bit early. So we should probably, we should probably start watching her diet. Um, he did verbatim say, well, she's hitting a hundred pounds a little bit early. As far as the second sentence, I don't exactly, I think I kind of blacked out after that. It was something similar to like getting her nutrition check, which looking back, I was probably close to five foot tall and a hundred pounds. And I, I wasn't visually speaking or BMI, maybe BMI speaking because BMI is a load of shit but um, <laughs> visually speaking I, I was not unhealthy whatsoever um, because I have more muscle on my body just than the average human being which I used to absolutely hate but it's something I actually love about myself now is that right. um, which again has taken 20 years to accept but yeah. um, and that's like fifth grade that was the first time I ever heard my weight as being something negative um, cause also it had, that's the moment where I started looking in the mirror more and being like, okay, am I fat? Am I overweight? I know some of these words like saying quote unquote fat nowadays are a little more like triggering and like, but at the time, like that was like a normal thing. This was in like, I don't know, 2002, 2000, whatever. Like it's like, that was a term that was like relatively used regularly. Right. Um, and there was that. I also, fun fact that like no one knows, I did synchronized swimming for a couple of years and like four I didn't and, know that. <laughs> six grade, I think. Um, and my mom and I, we would always stop on the way back from our like my tournaments in like Rochester, Buffalo, New York, wherever. Um, we'd stop at Cinnabon on the way home because it was like on the highway and it was like a special thing. So I remember this one time we went and like to go to the bathroom and my mom said we weren't getting that. And now looking back, I think it, they both, it was probably fifth or sixth grade. So it probably had to do with this. Um, but she was like, do you know how many calories are those are in those things? We don't need those or you don't need those. Mm -hmm. And you know what I said to her? I, I was in like fifth or sixth grade. I said, I don't care about calories. And I didn't. And, and I just, it, it's, it's something that like so small has stuck in my head for yeah. five years. Right. And I think about it all the time, not all the time anymore, but I did for so many years. Like when you're going through a dark time with your body image, it's not just like, Oh, I feel fat today. It's like, Oh no, you pick apart every single thing in your body. You hear everything that anyone's ever said to you. You hear like, like boys and girls in my middle school class. Cause I had, um, I grew six inches in seventh grade. <laughs> Fun fact, haven't grown since. <laughs> and I gained like 30 or 40 pounds that year, which is like a normal thing for growth spurts to happen. But I remember people like making jokes about my body or saying like, you're really stocky or saying you have like really big legs and, and people would like think it was funny kind of. And that really, really affected me. So I kind of turned from that too in like seventh grade I had a friend who was like anorexic or was like trying to be and like wouldn't eat for a few days at a time yeah. and then I was like oh well she's losing weight I should do that too and and everyone I don't think anyone ever thinks that these things are okay or right but we do them anyway at I mean we're subjecting ourselves to so much health damage which I think has led to my autoimmune disorder and other things um since then um, but if anything, it's just, I can't, I can't even fathom looking at a 12 year old girl now or an 11 year old girl who's doing the things that I did. And I, I, <laughs> yeah. it makes me, it makes me really emotional thinking about it because I, I can't even fathom that. Right. And then I think, but like, I went through that and I know so many others did too. Um, right. and I think as an athlete, it's. I don't want to say it's harder or easier because I was never not an athlete. So I can't really give that advice. I would almost say it would be easier in a sense because you are physically active. You have to be physically active. Um, but in the same token, you're also expected to have a certain level of fitness with other girls. Um, it's tougher when you're doing sprints and you weigh 40 more pounds than another girl. Um, unless it's like pure muscle mass, but in my case it wasn't. And um, then there's like the uniforms, which is also a thing when it's like all these girls are wearing smalls and you're wearing a medium or a large and just for sizing purposes, like right now I am probably, I wasn't, I'm probably the same size. I was in like eighth or ninth grade. Yeah. And so like 
but at the time that's where I felt like I was super overweight, which is amazing because of all the weight fluctuations I've had in the last 10 years, um, from like, I don't know, like 120 to like 180. Yeah. I feel like your weight, it, it literally has never determined my happiness because I've been on the lower side and been miserable and embarrassed and wanted to hide and skipping out on family events and friend events or anything in public because I don't want to show myself. And then I've been on the heavier side in like college where I just didn't give enough and I just went the other way entirely. So, but I was happy to an extent, um, as well. So I feel like, I mean, I was an athlete all the way through college too. So, um, very different situations and scenarios, um, with softball, I almost felt more comfortable because I was usually on the smaller end and we also recovered up when I played college volleyball, you're wearing spandex and a tank top and if you drank beer the night before, <laughs> it's going to show. And it makes you feel like, I mean, besides being like tired and hungover and like crap, which is not actually for the record, I don't think I ever drank the night before a game, but <laughs> just so we're clear. But practices, I mean, yes. Yeah. So it's, um, I don't know. And it's, it, it's hard to say because as an athlete, I feel like there's so many, there is like the female athlete triad and there's other issues that, specifically to female athletes having to do with their health and fitness nutrition. But it's also, I, because I was never not an athlete, as far as I can remember, I don't know how to talk on that end of it. So yeah. And I, mean, I should reach out to someone that, wait, you weren't an athlete, right? I mean, I danced. Okay. And like did figure skating. And you know, it's really okay. funny because I, when you just said the uniforms that literally just like I just got goosebumps thinking about Mm -hmm. when I was younger and having to do your measurements for costumes and stuff. Like it was so traumatizing and girls like, and I don't even, I used to think girls were just mean, but really I think it was like, we didn't know any better. Like people just were so competitive about weight and size, like at such a young age. And I remember girls coming back with their measurements and like, I would then look at my mom and say like, and then that's like, I started to notice, like, I look a little different in a leotard than other girls do. And I, I like, one time I even had a cardiologist and this was at a point where I was like in a really traumatizing state where I was like being diagnosed with different things and everything. And a cardiologist literally said to me in like the fifth grade, you've got too much meat on you to be a dancer. And I was in the like fifth or sixth grade. And yeah, it never leaves you. Like it never leaves it never you. I, it, my it pediatrician telling me like I couldn't eat ice cream one summer. I needed like I could be on track for like diabetes and everything. And that's true. Like childhood obesity is so real and like it's devastating. Oh, it's what but, now. Right. But it's like it's not it wasn't a it really like I don't think was a me problem. It's a it's society's problem with like I wasn't choosing I was young. I wasn't choosing what I was eating. It often was just there. We ordered McDonald's like at dance rehearsals. Like it wasn't like what am I gonna say? Can I have a salad instead? Like I was in the fifth grade. <laughs> it was like laughing at you. It's just like I never would have considered exactly, salad. Like, exactly. Like exactly. It's such a good so point. it's like we put this shame on at such a young age on young girls, like that it's a and I I don't even think I was like overweight. Like looking back, I look at pictures yeah. and I'm, I just look like a normal girl. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Like I, if my, if someone said that to my future daughter, I'd be like, oh my gosh, my daughter is just like normal. And then that's when I started to like also look at my family and I was like, wow, we are a little bit bigger than other families. Like my brother played lacrosse and he is a male and like he played lacrosse and hockey growing up and every parent always had something to say about him and how he could only be a goalie because he was a little bit bigger than the other boys or stockier and it's like my entire childhood and those are the things that I remember I've suppressed so many other memories or I don't remember so many things but I somehow remember those like odd traumatizing moments of people commenting on my weight and then don't even mention family like we all have like I had a grandma who always was like the worst so it's like uh like so many people can relate I I like can't it's like mind-blowing to me because I still think about it all the time all the time isn't it interesting that a lot of times too it's like our family and friends that make comments over just like random people it's like 
you would never, and certain things, it's like, you would never say to a friend, so why say them to yourself? It's like, we, I think yeah. we are our harshest critic, and then the second is, like, our family, which, yeah. if you notice, um, which is something just after a couple of years of my coaching and talking to clients and my own experiences, that the more insecure someone is, the more they're going to really push that on someone else. Um, I, I mean, I've had people say many things. It, it, honestly, I've had people say mean things about me, no matter what my size has been, about my size. Yeah. Like, like back in the day, it used to be like, oh, well, you're just drinking too much, so you're getting fat and this and that, and maybe you should lose some weight. I've had family members say that to me. Right. Um, or like you're getting, you're getting a little bit heavier, or they'll make, it, they'll make jokes about it where they won't straight up be like, oh, you're, getting, you're gaining weight. They'll be like, oh, I see that beer's going to your hips, or I see this and that, and it's just like no one ever wants to hear that. And then now, um, and not, not to make this like a woe is me thing. Yeah. But now with being where I'm at, people are like, um, I remember after, specifically after I had Bane, I think he was like three or four months old. Um, I did not lose the baby weight with Bane until after at least nine months. Um, and cause I gained 40, 40, 41 pounds with him. Um, but I remember going to, um, some mall, I was in some store and the lady said to me, oh, are you babysitting? Or is that your, I was like, no, this is my son. And she's like, is he, how old is he? And I was like three or four months. And she's like, you're so, you're so fit. And I was like, I was like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm a personal trainer. I'm a fitness coach. And she's like, oh, well that makes sense then. And it completely discredited all of my hard work, not just the four months since I've had him, but the previous two years of working my butt off after college to get in shape only to get pregnant, to then lose that weight and stay and try and remain healthy throughout my pregnancy. So to me, I was just, I was kind of appalled that as if like, oh, because, oh, because I I got my certification all of a sudden, I'm going to be fit my whole life. No, that's why I I preach making it a lifestyle because you cannot sustain anything that's not going to sustain within your lifestyle. It's just not, it's not a thing. Right. Um, And I mean, now I'll have people say like, it'll be like the default is like, oh, well, it's because she's fit. I'm like, bitch, I wasn't fit my entire life. Maybe the thing is maybe visually, maybe I looked like that to you, but I certainly internally didn't feel it. And I mentally didn't feel it. And that's something that I think women need to be more gentle with others about. Um, and not so quick to be like, oh, well she, and that goes into like the whole like fat shaming, skinny shaming, whatever. It's like, people are always going to have something to say no matter what size you are. So you might as well do what you want, be who you want to be and, and, and really just not care. And I know it's easier said than done. I'm, I'm in that mode right now where I just don't give an F like we're moving and I have other more important things to do. (laughs) But like side note to that, it's, it's, it can come and go in waves. Um, and I think it's more of a like self development process over just losing weight, which is why I feel like, it's not, it's never really about the weight. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just goes off of like, we're not going to the root of the problem of like where nutrition and body image and shaming and diet, Mm -hmm. like that is a root of our society. That's a problem in so many sectors rather than like Mm -hmm. shaming someone for their size without even knowing. hundred percent. Cause there's so many different, there's so many different facets to someone's life and mental health that I feel like as human beings, we're almost wired to, I don't really like to use the term judge, but we, we do base our judgments off of how, like our first impression is either, I mean, if you're seeing someone visually in person or whatever, like our first impression is a picture of them. If you go to Instagram, yeah. your first impression is their feed. It's someone's picture. It's their face. It's, it's their body. It's, that's what we see. But if you're not willing to like look past that, I, I mean, you don't deserve to, to talk crap about any of these people, I feel like, or men, you know, it's just, um, as you mentioned, like the shaming thing, like that wasn't that like body positive, body, um, like that whole movement when I was a kid was not a thing. Right. It was literally, if you weren't a size zero, size two, like five foot four, a hundred pounds, like you're not it. And like, you're, I mean, it's just, and if you looked at everyone on TV, like they all look the same. They're all like young, white, blonde girls, like high schoolers, like they're like, je- like mini jean skirts and like whatever. Like it's like what it was at the time. Whereas now it's like, I feel like it's much more accepted, but I feel like the battle that young girls are facing now is social media. Yeah. Um, 
Um, yeah, I, you know, I think something you said that I wanted to touch on a little bit too is I don't know if I've told you this, but I currently am working with a dietitian because I've physical health. I've had a lot of issues like that. I needed. You, told me you were you were looking into one. Yeah, you, didn't, you got one, but that's great. And yeah, I, yeah. yeah. And I've realized like my problems around food, but more like physical health, mm-hmm. really like stemmed from under eating or overeating or binging or whatever phase I was going through in my life. And that's like really scary, but regardless, I I'm really enjoying it. It's still really hard every day, like whatever, but you know, I've been talking to her a lot about women. And you said like, you've been at both ends where you've been like at your lowest weight. You thought like, if you attained that weight, you would be the happiest person on earth. Oh, and yeah. then you've also been at your highest weight or, or whatever. And for my viewers or listeners, weight literally means like really nothing. I mean, the number on the scale, there's so much into that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I too was at a point when I was really dieting and like unhealthy, like trying to lose weight was at such a low weight that I never thought I would even achieve. And it didn't bring me any happiness. I didn't even think that I was, I even thought I was gaining weight when I was losing so much weight. And so what I've been talking a lot with that, with this nutritionalist is like, at there has to be at some point, like there's science, there's like, you want to be so healthy. Like, of course, like there's science and there's nutrition that you should follow. But at the end of the day, like getting to a certain weight, you in your head, like I've, I struggle with this every day thinking if I get to a certain weight or if I get to a certain look, my life is going to be so much easier. Like I won't even have to worry about what clothes fit me, what size I am, because then I can just go out and do what I want to do. But really what we see like as women is we're able to do everything we want to do at any size, really. I mean, unless you know, you know what I mean? Like you can achieve your goals Mm -hmm. and like being a certain number is never going to be the, never going to like satisfy you as much as in your mind you, you think it is. And you have to like have self-compassion and love for yourself, whether you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to get healthy. And like, we've totally lost that. I think as like young women, like everyone is always, I even get on the phone with my friends sometimes. And the first thing we talk about is size or old pictures of us or what we used to look like. Like, it's like, we have to somehow break this culture of like constantly putting ourselves down and like focusing on like just the root of the problem or, or whatever. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just, it's like, everything is all wrapped up in one. It's like crazy that I didn't even think about nutrition and health so holistically until I met you, which was last summer. So I was literally 22 years old when I finally figured out that these like diets and like my way of even like working out was just not what was working. And literally everyone in my life has done it or is currently doing those things. So now I'm getting off topic. Okay. Let's get to, let's get back to the question. Well, I actually, there's something I want to pull yeah. out of real quick. Um, when you first started that part of that part of it, you said you're working with a dietitian yeah. and you never realized like how much nutrition affects all these phases I'm going through in life. Yeah. <laughs> you're rolling your eyes. Why are you rolling your eyes? <laughs> because I'm calling you back for it. Yeah. Like you, okay. You're literally doing exactly what we did when we worked one-on-one together. You would <laughs> I know this is just another one-on-one call. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. You rolls her eyes. Like I know what you're going to say. It's because it's food is it's medication in our culture. It is. It's not, yeah. You look back again. I mean, I'm not like, I, I've never said like, I'm like super holistic coach. I mean, I do technically, I do try and eat whole, whole foods and kind of keep it to that. But, um, I don't have any like holistic nutrition background, hopefully in the future. Yes. But not right now. Um, but food in our culture is medication, um, for so many reasons. Um, for a lot of people, it can, it's like a quick hit. It sets off. I mean, certain foods, like, um, any sort of processed sugar yeah. lights up the receptors in our brain the same way that drugs, that hard drugs do. And it's, I have clients say it all the time. It's like, oh, I, I, I will look at their food plan the last three days. And I'm like, okay. And there's no shame around this. It's just, I want to know why last week you had a bunch of, you had salads, you had some lean meats, you had fruit in the last three days, you had like cheesy fries, you had ice cream and shakes. And that's all, that was your whole diet the whole day. I said, oh, well, I was upset. 
I said, okay, so how, why does being upset tie into this? And obviously I know the answer. I like to make, I like to question my clients to see if they can tell me what they think it is. Because a lot of times if I were just to, a lot of times I, I personally too, I learn based off of my own mistakes more so than anyone else's. Um, so if someone can actually coach me through something, um, but by first asking me like, why, what is your reasoning? What is your viewpoint on this? Instead of me being like, oh, you shouldn't eat that. Cause I've never, I mean, you know this, I, I never tell my clients they can't eat anything yeah. um, unless they're eating something super in excess and in an excessive amount. And I feel like it's something that can hinder the progress and or their health. That's where I'll, I'll step in and say, okay, this is how we're going to navigate through this. But 99% of the time, it's something, not 99, 100% of the time, it's something mental going on. It's something, um, something that happened at work. It's something with a significant other. It's something that they're stressed out about with, um, I don't know, the LSAT, something like that. <laughs> something going on in their lives where it's extremely emotional or stressful or just taxing on themselves and their body. And the first thing to go is always their health and nutrition, which ironically enough is the most important thing during any of those times. And I'm not, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say that I don't fall victim to those things too. I think, again, that's why... I can relate to my clients on this front because I've been through it. My first and only personal trainer I've ever had, fun fact, who's not my husband, <laughs> is a male. And he, he would, there's things that he had me doing or not doing or things he'd say to me. And I don't mean like in a, like a relationship way, but like coach to, or trainer to client way where he'd be like, oh, you want cookies? Just don't eat them. Like if I were to ever say that to a female, if, I mean, him even saying it to me, that's like six years ago. I'm still mad about it. <laughs> it's like, you can't just say to a female, oh, just cut that out of your diet or, oh, just don't worry about that. Or, oh, just don't listen to them. Like it's, it's damn near impossible to be like, oh, okay. They told me not to do this. Okay. I'll just stop and do it. It's like, no, that there's so many more facets and things that are tied into that emotionally and mentally, physically, everything that you, you, there's a certain way you have to be able to connect with your clients on that front. And I feel like that's what I that's just like what I love to do. Cause I feel like I can, even though I'm not a, psycho a psychologist, um, I feel like I understand I, I'm a good listener. I'm understanding. And I know how to help them navigate through these things because 99% of the time I've been through them too. And I just feel like that's something that a lot of coaches in a way don't have because they just are like, Oh, you just cut calories and you just exercise four times a day and you lose weight. And under eating can make you gain weight, just like over exercising can make you gain weight. It's just, it's a complete hormone imbalance. And it's something that a lot of people don't understand or don't take into consideration. And it's because of a big thing is lack of education. The other thing is the media. I yeah. wanted to get into social media generally, because I think a lot of your business is fueled by social media. It's how a lot of clients, I would imagine, reach you and um, access you. Yeah. But what I've also been seeing, because I follow you right now, we can talk a little bit about social media and what that does for your business versus the damaging impact it has on maybe your clients. But okay. I've also noticed, tell us a little bit about how you have made a choice to use your business platform on social media to promote education regarding Black Lives Matter. And for me, I think you're doing something so unique because you have to constantly put content out to gain some sort of revenue or, or clients coming to you. You've really put that on pause. Like you are like completely pledging to not post anything right now. And it totally exclusively doing black Lives matter posts, educational posts and amplifying those black voices. And that's like a commitment that I think goes way beyond what some people are doing where they are just posting. Here's a black person to post on my profile and it's like some phony post about representation so tell us a little bit about that like what your experiences have been now with shifting with covid and now also black lives matter and how your business is changing yeah well first of all something i think was interesting that you pointed out was that i put my business on pause i definitely want to make clear that that was almost not even an intentional thing it was more of like a humane thing like i, I haven't felt right posting about 
anything health and fitness related. It's, I don't think I've posted since May. And if you, if you guys have followed me at all, if you haven't, it's at get.mo.fit. Um, <laughs> literally for the last two years, I put out content and posts and stories every single day. The only time I took a break was after I had my second son Titan for maybe two weeks. And then I was like back at it because I love doing it. Um, yes, it's for my business. Yes. I also started it before I had a business cause I did, this is like what I did for fun. Um, but if you guys also followed along my, <laughs> my couple month journey, with building out the ebook and I was going to launch that, um, end of May that I literally just like pulled the plug on that. And it's just sitting, it's just sitting on my laptop and I'm waiting for a time where I feel like it's kind of okay to do it. Um, over not, because for me seeing people kind of do, it was interesting that I had started talking more openly about it, I guess. And it's kind of embarrassing to me. I, I mean, I, I, I came right out and said that it's embarrassing that I haven't taken to this sooner. Yeah. Um, I've always acknowledged what's been going on the past five, six years of these cop murders on black people. Like I, I've always acknowledged it. I've never really openly talked about it. And I think it's more so because for me, I want it, which again is a total privilege thing, but I want to take, that part out of my brain and I wanted to just keep my my feed and my social media to purely health and fitness like I had nothing with like my kids on there I didn't have my husband on there um it was just that and then I realized like even though I am not my business like my business started because of me and my situation and what I've been through with health and fitness and if I'm bringing other aspects of my life into it it's not fair honestly it's not fair to black people as a whole, but it's not fair to my black friends and family members to disregard something like this. And I think something that really, really kind of hit hard was that the first, a couple days after George Floyd was murdered, I, I posted something about it and I had four or five black women message me and they say, thank you for posting about this and using your platform. And my first thought was why, like, I don't like, thank you, but I shouldn't have to be thanked for this. Like, I, I'm not doing this to get thank yous or like a pat on the back. I'm getting, I'm doing this because I feel like it's right. And then that kind of made me realize, like, I should have been doing this all along. And it made me embarrassed, upset, frustrated with the fact that, like, at myself, that I haven't brought it up prior. Um, and again, also other things that now people are coming out and saying, like, I, not I, but like, they feel like they haven't, they don't know what to say which I, I was in that boat too at first. I'm like, I don't know what to say. So I'd rather not say anything at all than get shamed for saying something, which I think social media can also, and this isn't to play like the white, and it's, it's a tricky situation that because then you, you almost play like the white privilege card where it's like, Oh, I don't know what to say. And then you can't ask your black friends because they say they're, it's not their job to educate you, which I fully respect and understand that too. And yeah. that made me kind of, I started watching more documentaries. I started reading books. I ordered books for Bane. Cause like, I also think that racism is, um, it has to be learned. It's yeah. like, I mean, how many kids do you know that just start saying stuff about like how yeah. many kids about black kids? Like, like Bane has black friends. He's never once been like, Oh, such and such because of their skin color or because of this, like it, it, it's never been a thing. So it has to be learned somehow. And but I think it goes more than just learning because I, I know people in my life, family, friends, acquaintances that have said not outright racist remarks, but they do like the jokes, like they'll make a joke about it or they'll say like, oh, well, they're blacks, so this. And it's like, you can't stand for that. And I know I never have that's something I never have. But I also have never been outright anti-racist on social media, which I think there's a very clear difference there, which. I've always been actively anti-racist off the grid, like off social media, which obviously, I'm honestly, I think it's kind of more important. However, so many people nowadays are so addicted to their phones, which is a blessing and a curse for certain reasons. And I think for this, I think it's helping as long as you're open to seeing it and hearing it and, and doing your own research, because that honestly is what it comes down to. Because at this day and age, it's like, you can find almost anything on Google. Um, yes, it's not always most accurate information, but if you can find a source that you know and believe is credible, to really just only follow them. Um, and that goes for, I'm kind of circling back into like the social media realm of things. Um, but I guess to kind of put like a little bit of a closing on this, um, if I had just pretended like this didn't happen, I would never have grown as a person. This has nothing to do <laughs> with health, fitness, yeah. any of it. It literally has nothing to do with it. Just like me as a human being. And I feel like 
I just wish everyone would not go on the social media and say, I'm educating myself and I'm this and this and this other thing. And it's like, have you donated? Have you actually done the work? Have you been like, right. There's so much more than just posting a black box on social media. And I feel like it's, I don't know. It's just, it's, and also I, 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 I'll, I'll admit, like I posted the black box and then I saw all my black friends social media saying, don't do this. You're just going to flood the black lives matter, which I didn't tag that, but they're like, you not talking about it is exactly what we don't need. Yeah. That's really cool. Like your perspective on that. I think it just goes to show too, like this is just so much greater than white people, but us individually, it's, it's greater than our businesses. It's greater. It's just a greater cause. And, but yeah, I think that's amazing what you're doing on social media. You've always been you've always had a platform where you've, I think, amplified black voices and brown folks a lot more than other fitness coaches, especially in your business. So I think it's just even greater that you're really shedding light on it to your followers. And yeah. In addition to social media, now that we're on the topic, you've obviously put so much time into branding and your business with social media. It's how like people know about this podcast. It's because of social media. It's kind of how we market now. Um, how would you say that social media has impacted the clients you've worked with and specifically around comparison? Um, or like for me, even I think I'm on this journey of living a more sustainable life. I will follow a healthy lifestyle, but I intuitively eat now. I don't deprive myself, but there are nights where I might have a bowl of ice cream. I did last night. And I'm immediately on social media like, shit, these girls don't probably do that. I would have so much more progress like if I didn't. Like I still have that dialogue in my head and I'm working on it, but it's still a struggle. And I just, I know that I'm not alone in that. So I kind of just want to know what you've, what your clients have experienced with comparison, dieting, body image, social media in general. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a client um, and then myself included that hasn't felt subjected to what they see on social media and felt less than because of it. Um, it's something, it's definitely a different thing that we have to navigate through now. And then I have to help them navigate through as a coach. Um, the number one thing, which this is like a really good tip. I'm going to tell everyone here too. And 90% of you, maybe 95% of you will not do this. You have to go through your feed, everyone that you follow and either delete or mute the ones that make you feel less than, um, I don't care if it's a friend, a family member, you can mute them. You don't have to unfollow them. If it's anyone that's in your space that you're like, oh, I want to look like her. I want to be like her, like, oh, her life. Like, I always say, if you get immediately annoyed by anyone that you follow or like roll your eyes, that is your cue to delete them. I, I did that last year. I deleted like a hundred people. A lot of them are models, like not people I, I knew. They're, some were fitness models. I'm like, oh, excuse me. I'd almost like, I'd almost look at them as like, Oh, I'm only following them because I want to like recreate some of the poses for my Instagram or something like that. Whereas like in my mind, it's like, no, I'm like, I wish my like body was as tight as hers. I wish my abs were as tight. And then I'll be like, well, she didn't have, doesn't have kids. And then you start to like justify everything. Right. And it's like, but then, but then, but then there's a totally different element, which is Photoshop, which professional, um, actual fitness models. I don't think, I honestly can't tell you one that I've ever seen that's not photoshopped because it's just, so much of it's so fake. And it's like, I'll play into it here and there, but at the same time, it's like, I I mean, you have a choice. It's like, you can either be perceived, I mean, perception comes from the person. It doesn't have to do with you. I, I just feel like there's so much judgment that goes into social media. And if you're following people that you feel like maybe not even like hundred percent of the time, but you feel like more often than not are making you upset or feel worse about your life or your relationship or it, it goes past your body, your body, your relationship, the way your face looks, the way you act, your, your credentials, your certifications, your college degrees. Like if, if there's anything that anyone that you follow that makes you feel worse about yourself, unfollow them. And I know how hard it is to want to feel like, Oh, well, I, I don't want to feel like I'm like have FOMO or I'm like missing out on what they're doing. I swear every time I've ever thought about that and deleted someone, they're immediately out of my brain. Right. I, I, I literally do not give it a second thought. And maybe it's like months later, I'm like, Oh crap. Like I wonder what that girl's up to. Like it's been so long, but it's like, and I've done that. I've even went back and checked on people like months later and then be like, Oh, 
that's why I unfollow them. And then it's like, okay, bye. And the more you clear out your feed, the more you almost, A, you change your algorithm to what you actually want to see. And B, you, you almost feel like a sense of like relief or like a, a weight is off your chest type of thing. And it's something that I will tell my clients this like week one or week two. Um, it's usually, I usually say it once it gets brought up. Um, but it's also one of those things that as a coach, I've realized like I need to bring up too, because they may not even realize this. People are always going to make judgments based on you and your body, which I hope someday will end. But the, the worst person that can do that to you is yourself. Yeah. Because the one person you have to live with, literally live with your entire life. And if you can't overcome that, which you can, but everyone can, by the way, but if you can't feel like you can't overcome that, it's no amount of weight loss is going to fix that for you. I think that's a big piece that's always been either, I don't know if it was just never talked about, never learned about. For me, I, I, I never worked with a coach that had meant, or a trainer that had mentioned mental health. It was more so a kind of a mixture of just my growing up and my own self-development and then working with other clients and me realizing like you at this weight and you at this weight are the same exact person. It's just your perception on how you are as a person. Um, and, and I mean, I've had clients that have went from, let's say a size 10 to a size four, but maybe either only, and I put that in quotes, lost five pounds or the scale actually went up, but they look completely different. So they feel great. Yeah. And then I have people that the scale goes down, but it's because they're not working out and they gain body fat and they're like, Oh, I don't like how I feel. And it's not always about how you look. It's about how you feel too. Yeah. Now I do with the social media thing, like it's like a step-by-step process. Like I have small goals every week, but I've somehow infiltrated that into my life that I almost do like an Instagram clean out like every two weeks because it actually puts me in such a bad mood. Just the other day I was going out like literally to get some lunch and I was putting on an outfit and I had just been looking on social media and I was like, this is stressing me out because I'm putting this outfit on and I'm thinking of the people that I just saw on my feed and I'm like, I'll never look like them or whatever. And it's stressful. So like, that's always a sign to me, like Victoria, like you need to mute some people or unfollow some people because you are like, nobody at the end of the day, we can do all of this stuff. I think relating to health and fitness. And I believe that like, I want to live the most healthy life I can, but nobody's going to remember you for the way you look. It's going to be like how you change their life or what you do. So it's a journey for yourself. It's not for anyone else. And social media, I think is something that that's where it happens. You're constantly looking for like instant gratification from people. And then you're comparing. And it's just yeah. So dangerous. But yeah. in wrapping this episode up, I just want to ask, what would you say, what would you just want my listeners to know right now about the misconceptions around if you could tell the world like one thing about your training or just your perception on fad diets and health mm-hmm. in general, like what would you say to people? And like, how do you think they can right now? You can also join her program, go to her Instagram, <laughs> but how, mm-hmm. instead of that, like, how would you, what would you want to tell people right now about, about if they're struggling with fad diets or health in general? Find something that's sustainable. And sustainable for you is not going to be the same as sustainable for me. It's not going to be the same as sustainable for Victoria and everyone else. You can't judge your fitness journey with your neighbors or your friends or your mom that did freaking keto and lost 20 pounds. You cannot judge your fitness journey based on anyone else's. And that is part of the issue with social media is that you see that and it's like, oh, they're doing this diet. What are you doing? And so many people have asked me that they've, I think, someone asked you that in a store once like, Oh, what are you doing? And you're like working with my trainer. And they're like, what diet does she have you on? And yeah. people ask that all the time. They'll message me and they'll say like, Hey, what, what, uh, what diet do you recommend for your clients? And I'm like, I don't know how to answer that. And they say, well, is it like paleo? Is it like keto, but you have carbs? Is it like, which is like, doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so people ask me these things all the time. And I'm just like, I, I, there's literally not a diet. I don't follow a diet. I go based off of what they're already doing and try to get them to more sustainable approach based on their goals. Um, so I would say overall, be okay with asking for help and find something that's sustainable either way. It's, I mean, there's, if you feel like you've exhausted all options, you haven't, if you've worked with a coach and it didn't work, then work with me. <laughs> That's what I always say. <laughs> yeah. 
exactly. I, you know, it's so funny you said that. I, like, right before I met Morgan, I worked with, like, this stupid, not even certified trainer at my gym and spent so much money. And so many people were like, you don't need that, Victoria. And I was like, no, I need that. I need a trainer. And he was, A, a guy that didn't relate to me or I related to him at all. He was kind of creepy. And we worked out and, like, he gave me the worst information about nutrition that was actually wrong. I was actually gaining weight while working with him, but working. Oh, didn't he have you on protein shakes or something like creatine? No, he told me, like I said, I had trail mix and he said, you need to lay off the almonds because of that. <laughs> like what? Yeah. So any, any coach or trainer ever tells you that you have to eat less of like, <laughs> Like, like says anything to that, any sort of like body nutrition, shaming, anything like get rid of them. Like if they're going to like, I coach cause I want to help women. I don't want to, I don't want them to fear me or be afraid or feel like they have to impress me. It's like, I want you to do it for you and not, but, but ew. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. That was so informative. And I hope everybody is, you know, if you're struggling right now with body image or dieting or nutrition as a whole, I hope this episode helped you a little bit. Don't be afraid to seek help or even just pick someone's brain and, you know, prioritize yourself, prioritize your health for you. So thank you so much, Mo. Hopefully you'll be on again soon. Maybe we'll do a part two. I can talk. <laughs> I, can, I can talk all day. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Bye. Thank you. Of course. Bye guys. <laughs>